first couple months were difficult in terms of like her her breathing and her her sounds at night that actually was difficult and she was always quiet sleeping during the day but at night she just sounded like a gremlin met a bulldog um <laughs> some some form of that two guys talking about their babies and supporting their ladies talking about the struggle talking about big papa All right, it's Dan, it's Big Papas, and on the line today, I've got Matt Slan, the president and CEO of Slan Sports Management. He specializes in the representation of basketball players. Very cool job. And just recently, almost five months ago, Matt and his wife welcomed their daughter, their first child, Ayla, into the world. Matt, thanks so much for being here with me today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Dan. It's my pleasure. Uh, good to hear your voice. I'm sure you know you're still kind of in the thick of it, the the whirlwind of the beginning of parenthood. I wonder, just kind of generally, how is the experience of fatherhood treating you so far? Yeah, uh, it has been uh, it's been a game changer in the best way possible. Um, you know, I think going into it um, in you know our, our due date was April eighth. Um, April happens to be April through. Uh, pretty much early September, late August is the busiest point of my year in terms of business. So I think that it was, you know, there was a lot of anticipation and um, I was, you know, a lot of anxiousness and, and nervous feelings heading into to that, uh, into her due date um, with how I was going to juggle everything uh, in terms of work and and you know, being a father and, and a new father, a first time father at that and a parent. Um, and it has been just nothing short of amazing. And, and it's really kind of funny that you just figure it out. You just figure out how to, how to do it and how to do it all and how to balance it. And, um, it's been, it's been a absolutely amazing five months. That's great. Well, you mentioned that it's a particularly busy time of year. I know generally you're traveling a lot for work. You work all over the world, definitely a lot in Europe, um, as well as North America, obviously. Has that changed at all? Have you had to make any adjustments to how you normally approach your, your work schedule and the kind of travel commitments that you take on? Yeah, I definitely, definitely did. I mean, I kind of, I, I did not want to travel a lot around her due date. Um, I didn't even want to take any chances. So I was very cautious about not booking travel, a couple, you know, annual trips that I go uh, to for basketball, the Portsmouth Invitational. That's an annual trip that I've gone on for eight, uh, eight straight, nine straight years. And I did not go on it this year as well as a bunch of recruiting trips and things I normally do just to make sure that I was around uh, and as supportive as possible for my wife during during that uh, that exciting time. Yeah, that's the name of the game. All praise to the moms. Um, <laughs> yes. And have you noticed any other lifestyle changes either that you've implemented, you know, intentionally or maybe that you've just kind of noticed occurring naturally in the lead up to the birth and, and since Ayla was born? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have. And, and the answer should be overwhelmingly yes. But I mean, you know, overall, you, you, 
this whole thing just kind of feels like a puzzle and you, and you find a way to fit the pieces together um, and, and everything changes a little bit in terms of the amount of time you have in your day for yourself, for your business. Um, you know, I, I work out every day. It's something that I need to do in order to clear my mind and, and I've still managed to find a way to do that. Um, you know, the timing has changed a bit and certainly not as long as it once was, but you, you find a way to, to change um, your routine a little bit and adjust everything and make sure that you fit everything in so that you can be there for the child. And, and you know, I, I mean, sometimes I start my day, um, you know, my wife is, is usually the one up at night uh, with the baby. Um, I get up in the morning to work and I usually take the baby, let my wife sleep in a bit and, you know, she'll, I'll play with her, do some work. Um, you know, while well, my wife gets a little extra rest for an hour and a half and then she usually goes down for a nap and, um, and then, um, you know, I just get back to work. So it's just about kind of like readjusting, um, you know, and, and for myself, I'm somebody who is very, <laughs> very routine oriented, uh, and that's an understatement. And so, um, it was definitely a little bit of a challenge at first, but after a while, you figure out a way to, to change your routine a little bit and you form a new routine. For sure. And yeah, I mean, one of the things, it's been talked about a lot on, on other episodes of the podcast, just the idea of curveballs kind of keep coming your way and there's always adjustments being made to the routine and, you know, as far as the feeding and the napping and that stuff kind yeah. of moves around a lot in the in the first couple of years of, uh, of a kid's life. So definitely good to just be ready for whatever comes and kind of be prepared to be flexible and figure out how to, how to make those little tweaks. It sounds like you're really in the right frame of mind. Um, were there any surprises that particularly stood out to you, things that you didn't see coming or, or just, you know, ways that being a parent and adjusting your lifestyle kind of, uh, you know, took you by surprise? Yeah. I mean, a couple things. Number one, um, you know, number one is, I mean, we, I think from all, from all sides. And again, this is my first baby, but apparently, uh, like she sleeps pretty well. Um, knock on wood, everybody who's listening, uh, <laughs> she sleeps fairly well. Um, so I thought it was going to be a lot tougher, um, in terms of the sleeping, um, I think actually now, now that I say that, uh, the first, the first couple months were difficult in terms of like her, her breathing and her, her sounds at night. That actually was difficult. Um, I have tough time sleeping, so that was a challenge, um, and something that I didn't know about. Um, I think it's, you know, as they're, as they're, um, insides are forming and, and, you know, the, the fourth trimester, um, so to speak, right. uh, it, it was something that I did not anticipate. Um, and she was always quiet sleeping during the day, but at night she just sounded like a gremlin met a bulldog, um, <laughs> some, some form of that. And it was challenging to sleep with that. So that was something that I didn't know was kind of uh, surprising to me. I mean, you got. <laughs> I guess that wouldn't be surprising to too many people, but it was to me. Um, and um, you know, if she ever listens to this podcast in fifteen years, she'd probably cringe at, at what I'm about to say. But um, 
we, I, I, and I've been told this is actually normal. She doesn't poop that much. Um, she, she like for the first two months she did, she was normal every day, a few times normal, but you know, now it's like once a week and my wife and I were initially very worried at this. She didn't poop for a week and we said, Oh my God, um, is she okay? Where's this, where's it all going? And, um, the answers that we got were, this is, you know, not, um, it's not every baby, but it's very normal um, because they they utilize breast milk um, and they're very efficient with it, um, apparently. So, um, you know, when she poops twice in a day, it's a big surprise. Right. Yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> sleeping, there's, there's so many different ways I think that kids have patterns of sleeping, little, little babies, and probably pooping too, right? And I... I, I I considered when Goldie was a kid, uh, sorry, a, a really little baby, um, she slept, as we perceived, pretty well also. And I always felt super grateful that that was happening because you hear about kids who are colicky or, you know, who, who cry for hours and hours every night. So definitely, you know, take the wins where you can get them and, you know, try to be appreciative of, of the fact that uh, that sleeping does seem to be pretty easy. Um, but yeah, there, there's such a range to, to what you can get. And, and again, it's the kind of thing that can change. And so to just be ready, you know, for, for whatever those changes are, um, would you say, you know, five months old, is she starting to kind of reveal her personality in some ways? Are you getting a bit more of that kind of connection to her and recognition and stuff? Yeah. And it's, it's. Uh, that's game changing. I mean, probably started like a month and a half ago, something like that. And just the smiles and she's really exploring her vocal cords now. And so she makes these like, ah, like she's trying to talk. And, um, it's, it's, uh, it's just, it melts your heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when you connect and, and you know, I, there's things that I can say to her to make her laugh and smile and, and just light up. And it is just, it's the best part of every second of the day is doing that. And it's just, um, there's just no, you know, I, one of the things that everybody said when, you know, when you're, you're going to have a kid or, or you say, Hey, I was being a parent and, and people say, Oh, it's so, it's so amazing. And it's so wonderful. And people say things, um, you know, my, my cousin said to me at dinner a couple couple months ago, or I guess it was, uh, it was probably six months ago, actually, because it was about a month before we had Ayla. And he said, you know, everything we do, we do it for the kids. And, and you know, between that and people saying how amazing parenting is and being a parent is, it really goes, if you're not a parent, it goes, well, at least for me, it goes in one ear and out the other. And you go, that's great. I'm sure it's amazing. But you really have no appreciation for the uh, palpable, special um, experience that it is on a daily basis. And you and and so when people ask me what it's like being a parent or a father, and I say oh, it's the best thing in the world, it sounds cliche. And I, I look at that person, I say, you're, you're, "There's no word that I could say that could make you understand." how amazing it is. It's the type of thing that you just have to experience uh, for yourself in order to um, to really grasp 
what an amazing experience it is. And I just think words don't, there's no words that do it justice. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. And it, I, I mean, I think that, you know, tonally, just listening to you say that, I think the joy that you're experiencing, uh, you know, it can be felt. And I, I always have that, you know, you, you, if someone doesn't have a kid yet, or maybe they're, you know, they're 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 not going to have kids at all, or, or you don't know if they are, or whatever. You know, you never want to feel like you're patronizing them by saying like, "Well, you can't, you don't get it," you know, or you, That's you, true. it's not yeah. possible for you to understand it. But you know, it is one of those I think kind of just like universal truths. And it's not yep. probably not only parenting, there's probably tons of stuff where if you haven't experienced it yourself, you can hear about it, you can read about it, you can watch something about it or listen to a song about it or whatever it might be, but if you haven't actually been through it, it's just it's just hard to relate to. So, um, but I, I definitely feel like just listening to you talk about it, you know, there, there's no doubt as to what you're going through and how meaningful it is to you. And uh, I mean, I'm sure... Uh, most, if not all, parents have felt that, or uh, hopefully are, are on a, on a journey of continuing to feel that every day. But definitely, when it's first happening, and uh, you know, that's why I kind of asked about the personality and, and the connection that you make with the kid, because in those first six months, when it does start to kick in, closer to the time that you're at now with Ayla, mm -hmm. it really is. I mean, it's just pure magic. Um, yeah, totally is. How would you describe your parenting style? I think I'm pretty laid back, but I also understand that there needs to be a regimented daily routine for, for kids. Um, you know, Ayla was born um, April 8th, as I, as I mentioned, which was right at the end of uh, the basketball season, um, one, a, a Toronto Raptor basketball season. Oh, so we, that sounds yeah, familiar. So, <laughs> That's right. So, so she, so you know, she uh, got to experience the entire uh, Toronto Raptors NBA championship run, um, and and so we were staying up pretty late watching those games, um, and we so you know for the first like three months she was going to bed at like you know we were putting her down at like. 10 30 11 um you know and she would sleep during the games and and wake up and sleep and wake up um but yeah come june and we're watching 8 9 p.m uh start basketball games it was it was kind of something you know we we had to kind of dig ourselves out of after after june we had to start kind of dialing back the bedtimes to a reasonable hour she right. started to become more aware and we needed to, to regimen it I mean I don't I, I think it's I'm pretty pretty easy going my wife is pretty easy going so it, it's a um, I would just say a laid back style um, and that's kind of how I want to be uh, I think down the road when she's three and 15 i think you gotta like put your foot down a little bit and they gotta know they have to know that that you're the boss and yeah. and discipline is important but i also want to be very chill and relaxed like my parents were to me lucky ayla her <clears throat> her and her whole cohort they only know a world where the raptors are champions it's a beautiful well, thing kind of like kind of like uh, us is uh you know eight to ten year old kids 
as as baseball uh, fans. As, as, excuse me, as Blue Jay fans. Yeah, yes. big time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Raptors. What a fever dream that feels like. I can't believe it. we're still champs. Still <laughs> shock. Okay. Well, now that we're back on basketball, you know, in your work, you not only deal with players, but oftentimes because you are working with players that are maybe just entering college or that are early on in their careers, you're also dealing with their parents. And I wonder if, you know, you've been, you've been working at your job for many years now, so you have lots of experiences to kind of draw on. I wonder if working with and kind of observing the way that parents interacted with their kids and kind of looking at what their basketball careers might be like, if that gave you any insights just into parenting in general before you approach starting your own family? I do deal with a ton of parents. I do deal with a, a ton of young men who are just graduating and women who are just graduating from college uh, and entering the workplace. And, um, you know, what we do is try to make that transition as easy as possible for them. But I, I don't... I mean, you know, from from my dealings with with my dealings with the parents and the families of of, of young men and young women is is just general. You know, I think they're so far along that I'm I'm not. I wouldn't say taking as much. I'm kind of treating them. They're they're business associates for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and people who I who I would like to feel uh, like family um, and you want to make them feel like family um, and you want to, um, you know, ease their transition into this process that can be very um, overwhelming and intimidating for them. Um, But I mean, overall, overall, I honestly think that the best, you know, the best people for me uh, to, see how, you know, to, to raise my family and to, um, uh, you know, to be a parent, it was my own parents, um, my own family and, and also my friends, some of my best friends. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the later ones with some of my friends, uh, to have families and, and some of my friends have my close friends have two, uh, one or two kids. Uh, and, and it just watching them be parents, uh, has been really, uh, really helpful, and re- I've learned so much from them, and just seeing how they interact and and their routines, and uh, that's been a really big uh, that's been a really big help for me. Uh, and and it was really helpful in getting over the intimidation of having a child. Was seeing some of my friends have children. Uh, some of the guys that I've known since we were kids have children. It was like. Oh, you know, they can do it. You can do it. <laughs> Sometimes you need a little bit of that psychological uh, push. <laughs> yeah, that did you, I wonder if, did you get any, like, specific pieces of advice from any people that you are, you know, your peers that had already become parents that you found really useful? Yeah, just like, you know, just, just a lot, too much to name, but things like sleep regressions that I had no idea about and... I mean, you know, now some of my friends' kids are, are four plus, so I, you know, just little tidbits here and there that they dropped, you know, like little dimes of knowledge upon me that I just kind of soak in um, when I hear them, and it, it kind of like when, so when Ayla goes through it, it's, it's a lot less of a surprise. It's like, oh, oh this is normal. 
I remember when she, you know, she got baby acne, and I was like, oh my god, what, <laughs> you know, what's happening to her skin? And, uh, and my, my buddy, I'm on the phone with my buddy, and he's like, oh yeah, completely normal, like, both my kids got that, and it goes away very quickly, and, this, and I was just like, oh, that, made, that just made me feel so better in an instant, like, if you don't have that, somebody to very, um, easily brush that off and, and tell you because they've experienced it. I mean, it's that's stuff like that is just, um, is super, is super helpful. Yeah, for sure. There, there's like little viruses that I had never heard of that Goldie has gotten a couple, like a roseola was one of them and uh hand foot and mouth was another. So they're both, both of those are like primarily kind of rash based and then also mm-hmm. like a little mild fever. And uh, mm-hmm. I think, I think both of those definitely hand, foot and mouth. Cause she had it kind of recently, you know, those come up because she's at daycare. And so she's in contact with all these other kids and they, you know, they all kind of pass stuff around there, but it's, like it's good in that way, right? And so she had this rash for for the roseola, and we take her to the doctor, and the doctor says, "Oh, it's roseola. It's going around right now." And then it's like, "Oh, great. Well, it'll be done in three days. It's pretty mild, and then you can cross it off the list." And when you have that immediate feedback, that reassurance that says, "Oh, this is just a thing that they, you know, it happens to almost all kids." In a way, you want to get it out of the way so it's not something you have to worry about anymore. But yeah, we we definitely found that, and you know. The doctor, it's like you go into the doctor kind of worried and then you leave like completely relieved and you're just like, ah, oh, two totally. days from now it'll be over. So, totally. Do you, uh, just back to basketball for a second, do you envision Ayla playing basketball? Is that something that matters to you? Oh, that's, a, um, that's something my wife and I have tossed around. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> well, we got, we got early indication. That she is in the 95th percentile uh, for height. Oh, she's a little baller. She's a little baller. For for anybody listening, um, I was not blessed with the height gene. Um, (laughs) I uh, surprisingly, I have I have a very tall family, but I'm you know your average five nine and a half. You're tall on talent. Tall on talent. That's right. (laughs) Tall in personality. my wife is six foot one, so um, and has a very tall family. So. We're hoping that she's tall. Well, maybe not just me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've thought about it. She played basketball. Honestly, it's, I'd be, uh, typical, like, cliche parent thing to say, but, like, regardless of what she does, I don't care. As long as she is, uh, is happy and healthy, it does not matter. Although, I will say, you know, last night my wife and I watched the end of the Bianca Andrescu match um we keep saying oh, i hope she plays tennis i hope she plays tennis yeah um because you know tennis is a great game and and i think women's tennis is is awesome as well i think it's it's a sport where um the women's side really like puts up a, a good uh, a good match against the men oh for sure in a lot of ways it's even more interesting because there's still a lot more finesse in the women's game That's- that's a really um, good point, and yeah. that's very much power. I love I love tennis. I play a lot myself, and uh, that's one of the games that I'm really excited to 
to teach to Goldie because it's something that, you know, the two of us can go do together. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're right. There, there's a really, uh, you know, professionally, there's a real vibrancy to women's tennis. I mean, maybe the most of any sport, uh, for women competing in. I want to just, you know, because you're in the industry, uh, and, and we're on the topic a little bit, do you have a sense for what the future might hold for women's basketball or maybe women's professional sports in general? Is there, is there still a good amount of growth potential there for things like the WNBA that not only can be entertaining and inspiring to young women, but also, uh, you know, can be profitable to the people who are making money off of it? Yeah, I, I, um, Doing, I do, I worry about it. I worry about it um, because I haven't looked at like WME revenue numbers or, or anything like that. So I, I can't really speak directly to how it's doing. Um, I've heard that it's doing better and, you know, um, with NBA teams, uh, I believe taking a lot of the costs on. Um, it would be nice to see a day when every NBA team had a WNBA team and, and maybe they're on track there. My worry is just that, you know, with like, like on the men's side, um, if you're not in the NBA or the WNBA, you know, the, the NBA is 450, 450, give or take basketball players uh, in the world. Well, there's a lot more people who play basketball um, and can play at a professional level than those 450 people. Um, what I see, which is the disturbing trend to me, is, is we could take take basketball uh, as, as my specialty. Um, the game is growing uh, everywhere, globally. Um, but the sponsorship money which runs basketball outside of the NBA is not right, uh, and and so you have this kind of juxtaposition where the game is, you know, participation, youth participation is growing um, everywhere for basketball, and but the money outside of the big the big league is not growing. What supports it is not growing. So um, I. I <laughs> I don't know what the future looks like for 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 um, professional basketball and any also women. I, I worry about that as well. I mean, I think you know it's been in the, the news lately that uh, you know women want um, they want to be compensated like men. I think that started with the women's Olympic soccer team, uh, the U.S. Olympic women's soccer team. I have my differences in that philosophy. I'd love to see a day, uh, that logic, excuse me, but I'd love to see a day where women are compensated on a sporting level um, with men, but I also think that it needs to be uh, a day when people watch and there's the excitement. It's it's kind of a chicken and egg, but it kind of needs to happen at the same time so that, you know, you draw the interest, uh, the sponsorship dollars and everything, the money comes in and, and then therefore is distributed to the to the athletes who, who are deserving of it. I mean, um, eh, just my my thoughts on it, but I, I worry about that, uh, both in the women's sport and, and any sport outside of the four major sports. Right. Well, that's I, I appreciate your insights there. You know, it's definitely... Uh something that you know with a daughter i think about not necessarily because i have uh 
uh, any intention uh, or expectation that she might be an athlete. But um, you know, there was a rumor a little while ago, and I think I think it it turned out to be either it was just a rumor that was false or whatever may have been developing didn't work out. But the rumor that a WNBA team might be coming to Toronto. That's right. And yeah. I was really excited to take Goldie to see women athletes performing on such a big level the way that you can go see men uh just because i think you know when when you're represented anywhere so whether it's like you know guys like you or i watching men play basketball or you know oftentimes you hear about with like television and movies starting to have much better racial representation a movie like black panther for instance all of a sudden showing certain types of kids like oh hey this is something that makes sense for me when you're already represented it's it's always easy to take it for granted uh, but I think it's something really valuable to keep in mind that people that aren't represented might really be missing that and it can be so meaningful to have some of that representation so I know for me just kind of relating it to a parenting thing um, that I, I happen to be very excited when I heard about that WNBA thing and I really would love whether it's tennis or you know I know there's softball at certain mm -hmm. higher levels or whatever it is to be able to show Goldie like hey it's not only men that are being celebrated for doing these these great athletic things um, you know, and that's the kind of thing that I imagine a lot of a lot of our listeners already do have in mind. But uh, definitely the kind of thing that on Big Papas we like to try to impart is the you know the idea of progressing uh, equality. Um, you know, because it's not just we're not just having boys. Uh, you and I, we have daughters, yep. so you know, yep. and plenty of our listeners do as well. So, uh, anyways, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, Matt. I you know obviously. If talking about parenting or sports or whatever else, you know, you and I could could go on for hours. I'm sure, and it's it's good to catch up with you a little bit. I, I know that uh, our listeners will appreciate uh, hearing from you. I want to say um, congratulations. Uh, I'm really glad that uh, that you're enjoying the experience so much so far, and that you seem to be uh, embracing you know the need for balance with all of the the commitments that you have to the work that that you do. Uh, I know that you're still early early along in the process, you know, compared to a lot of parents, but you've also done a lot more than plenty have. You know, there's definitely people listening who don't have any kids yet at all, or whose uh, partners might be pregnant, or maybe their kids a week old or whatever. So at this stage that you're at. Is there anything that you would impart as a dad to, uh, to someone who might be going through what you've recently gone through? Oh, uh, I would just say be really open-minded about everything. Um, don't don't stress yourself out um, with thoughts of what am I going to do? I mean, because that's what I did, and was you know I think um, I think just be open-minded. Take every day for for you know with a with a child for the beauty that it is. Um, um, yeah, I mean that's that's the last thing that I would I would say to anybody who's who's in that process or getting ready to get close to there. And then I'm sure you know I've um, you know learned a ton from listening to your podcast. And, and I want to thank you, Dan, because what you're doing um, is is so so important um, to have you know fathers uh, telling their stories. And and that's that's just another really important point is that there's not a lot of not that I was out there seeking it, but I don't know that there's as much out there for fathers to share with other fathers as there is for women. So 
kudos to you and your podcast and, and continue doing it. And thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate you saying that, you know, uh, try to have as much fun with it as I can. And, uh, yeah, I think that you probably share the same sentiment as me. Like you start thinking about or talking about being a dad and you could just go on forever, right? There's, there's always more to learn. There's always more to celebrate. Uh, and it's, you know, the most important thing in the world. So, yep, um, precisely. thank you. Thanks so much, Matt, for, for taking the time to, to chat with me here on Big Papas today. And, uh, you know, look forward to getting our daughters together to play some tennis one of these days. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks, Matt. Talk to you soon. Take care. Yeah.